This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 151 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. And we've got another great episode planned out for you guys. We're going to be talking more about Rolling Stone because we got all new information. We got a few new song titles we're going to be talking about off the 1989 album, and we'll get to all that later. But first, Diane, what has been going on in the Taylor news lately? Well, Taylor Swift um, attended the Target Fall National Meeting where she performed Shake It Off, I Knew You Were Trouble, and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together for a whole arena full of Target corporate employees. Sounds like fun. That's awesome. I just wish I could watch it. Yeah, yeah there there are some Instagram videos, but none of them are very good. I feel like Target probably told people that they sh- shouldn't record it, um, which well, is a shame because last time we got red shirt and khaki pants. I know. Well, <laughs> Sammy, when they did red shirt khaki pants, though, um, Target asked their employees to remove it, and they did have to remove the videos and yeah. things of that sort from Taylor's performance because at the end of the day, while it is a Taylor Swift performance, it's also one of their internal meetings. Yeah. It make it makes it makes sense that they aren't allowed to have them up, but we have a lot of pictures and there are some Instagram videos. If you want to check them out, we didn't post any Instagram videos because they weren't very good. But I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> we'll try and find at least something and put it in the episode guide at taylortalk.org/episode151. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Um. And then also, Shake It Off went platinum this week, selling 1.2 million copies. Yay! Wow. In That's like incredible. less than a month. Shake I It know. Off. Shake It Off went platinum a heck of a lot quicker than Taylor Talk did. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that a surprise? I mean, hey, at least we're platinum too. Okay. Um. And then also, um, the Shake It Off music video also got Vivo certified this week. Which means that it hit more than 1 million views. 100 million. Oh, 100 million. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That, was, yeah, that that's changes my bad. a lot of things. 100 million views. 100 million views. Also, oh, I'm willing to bet that 50 million of those were Sammy alone. Probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> For research alone, I've watched that video about 50 times. 50 million, Sammy. Not 50. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it for the Taylor news, Diane? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All. Thank you for that. Sammy, what does Taylor have coming up? Um, so next Friday, September 19th, Taylor will be performing at the iHeartRadio Music Festival in fabulous Las Vegas. Um, on October 20th, Taylor will perform on the X Factor Australia live finale. And on October 27th, 1989 is released, and Taylor will be performing live from Times Square on Good Morning America. Awesome. So write all those dates down and keep up with Taylor. Right, Sammy? Right. And T-Swift on tour. We'll have updates. Yes, they will. That's what you guys do best. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So like I said a few minutes ago, Rolling Stone released a whole lot of great information. You remember we talked about their primary article about Taylor, and there was a lot of in-depth information revealed, a lot of new song titles off 1989. Now they released sort of an overflow article called 22 Things You Learn Hanging Out with Taylor Swift, and it's basically a bunch of stuff that didn't quite fit in the main article, but the author wanted to share it with us anyway. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) So fortunately for us, they organized it into 22 bullet points. So it's pretty well organized. We'll go through each of them, 
And just for the purpose of keeping this conversation under, I don't know, 24 hours in length, <laughs> uh, or, or. The one, like things that had been revealed before, we're, we're not really going to cover. We're going to jump straight into new information. First category that was new to us, I mean, we may have suspected it at some point <laughs> or another, but it's pretty new to us, is that... Taylor used to get drunk and cry about Joni Mitchell. This is my favorite. I one. was dying. <laughs> so about that, Taylor said, when I first started drinking, when I was like 21, I used to cry about Joni Mitchell all the time after a few glasses of wine. Can I point out that that is like Diane to a T? <laughs> wine makes me cry. I, 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 I don't know what it is, but there's something about wine where I drink it and suddenly I just think about sad things or things that make me happy so i cry it's very odd yeah i mean she's not clear <laughs> as to why she's crying about Joni mitchell is she crying because she loves her is she crying because she's sad for her like she's not clear i can imagine like taylor just being on the couch being like i just love Joni mitchell <laughs> so much well <laughs> i i think the key to take out of this bit from the article is more in terms of the growth of Taylor Swift because like she is strategically releasing more information because you know do you guys remember I think it was roughly a year or so ago when there was a picture of her with a wine glass at a party and yep. the entire yes. the entire internet blew up with oh my gosh Taylor drinks but she's, she's 25 she's almost 25 years old of well, course yeah, she drinks. I mean she's over 21 she's allowed to do that yeah right like... but the but the point I'm getting at is in the past Taylor kept a very tight control over her image and I feel like she is slowly starting to release this more grown-up yeah. stuff and it has to do everything to do with the change in direction in her career and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I mean she's not promoting underage drinking she specifically says when I was 21 like you know mm -hmm. she's never posted a photo of her drunk she's never posted photos of her you know drinking underage or drinking with people who are underage so I think I give her I give her a lot of credit for you know being out there and for saying you know what she acts like when she's drunk I think my favorite part was when she's when she said that at the end of the quote she was like all my friends know once I started crying once I started crying about Joni Mitchell it was time for me to go to bed <laughs> you know what's interesting about that Sammy is I think that actually ties into the original article with how uh, cautious she is with her own I guess security yeah. and privacy and things of that sort because there have never ever been any drunken pictures of Taylor no, Swift no drunken anywhere photos mm -hmm. no drunken videos nothing nothing so yeah. that that's pretty cool yep and sort of tying into that something we also probably knew but it was sort of went unspoken is Taylor uses naughty language yay Taylor I'm so Imagine proud of that. her <laughs> uh, do you know what is kind of funny about that is because the author here does uh reveal that Taylor dropped an F-bomb while she made an error on the piano in a recording um she used a not so nice word and so now I have a question I mean it's not it, it's not marked as explicit on iTunes but it's also not the deluxe version I'm wondering if she was recording that because they talk about her covering the speaker of her mic. I wonder if one of the I wonder if one of the you know voice memos might include that. I don't know because it seems like she didn't want him to hear her swear because she, you know, was like, "Oops!" and like 
tried to hide the yeah, but speaker I mean, on her phone. I mean, I'm sure that she didn't want him him to hear her swear either, but she also gave him permission to put it in the article, so I kind of feel like it's possible. I don't I I don't think so. I really don't I think, think that so would be so Taylor cool. Taylor has a lot of fans who are young yeah. and she knows that. So I don't think she will ever ever put anything like that on any album. Well, no, here's the here's not, the thing. But... It was actually kind of funny. A few days ago, I I tweeted uh from my personal account that I think this is going to be the first album where Taylor finally drops an F bomb. And it was kind of sarcastic and kind of serious at the same time. Um, and it was actually really funny. It got a good handful of responses from people. Some people are like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And some people are like, no, that's never going to happen. No, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and something someone pointed out to me, and I feel bad doing this because I never get to credit people when I forget who said it. Um, they, they pointed out in the original Rolling Stone, or the primary article, I should call it, uh, that Taylor pointed out there will always be an eight-year-old in the yeah. front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, I think she is very adult in her personal life, but she knows where to draw the line, too, yeah. and I think in terms that, of what she releases. I mean, this particular part stood out to me because if you look back on her 2012 Vogue article, um, they were talking about her repeating verbatim the words for Honey Badger, and they she specifically asked them to not put in the curse words obviously you know honey badger curses a lot and taylor knew it verbatim and they she asked them specifically not to and in this article they put it in there obviously they had her permission to put it in there and i think Mm -hmm. that that in itself shows her growth because two years ago she didn't want it on record that she had said the curse word whereas now she's totally fine with it well, it's like I said, I think it's all part of a strategic growth pattern. Oh, yeah. Where she's slowly starting to let that out without completely shocking the world. Yeah, I mean, she's right. not becoming Miley Cyrus. Sorry, she's not. This is not happening. But She's you not know. doing like a complete switch. No, not she's at all. She's not riding just... any wrecking balls in the nude? <laughs> no, she's just becoming more open with her. And not even more open with her private life, but just more open with that she's a human being almost. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Sammy, we all know she's not a human being. She's a goddess. <laughs> she's the queen. She is above the average man. She's, she's the, the queen. queen. Well, at least she's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ne- next point in the article. We're, actually, the next point we're going to skip and save to the end because it's about one of the songs. Uh, but right after that, they talk about she lives in the house Frodo Baggins built. <laughs> That's not, I don't really understand why they said that because it's not really accurate. It's no, not, it's it was not accurate Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter it? Jackson did Frodo not. Frodo was uh, what's his name? Elijah Wood. Yep. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think that it's just a play on words. In the, the house that I don't know who built. Jack built. Adam built. Somebody built. In the- well, either way, like <laughs> we knew she moved to New York, and we've seen lots of pictures of her wandering around New York, and have heard about how glamorous the apartment is. But something I found very interesting is the fact that the building dates back dates back to 1882. Yeah, like, what a cool building. place to live. I mean, most of the buildings down in, in that area are like that. I mean, the streets are cobblestone. So. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, but the thing is, though, is, like, yeah, the place may be old, but I'm sure it's, like, she does not live in a place, that, you know, that doesn't have, like, a toilet or anything. No, it's just, it it's just updated. certain parts I'm of sure it has been retrofitted. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. retrofitted. I mean, I'm sure on they the just inside leave, you can't tell. They leave the aesthetic part that looks cool from 1882 and then, you know, customize it to 2014. 
But the part that I found best about this is that she said she didn't change much. They had really great taste in paint colors, apparently. She did, however, find a use for one of the walk-in closets. And she said, quote, unquote, now it's my greeting card writing room. That's so cute. Like, only Taylor <laughs> would have a greeting card writing room. You have well, a- she makes It's very cards. important. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally and I, important. <laughs> and, Sammy, I'm really happy that, because that means that she does write those cards. So. You're talking oh, about the I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't get that. But, yeah, I guess that's what that means. I th- yeah. I I kind of just pictured her sitting there writing like random thank you cards to people and just nailing. Oh them. well, sh- I'm sure she does that too. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> she does. <laughs> <sits there. laughs> but she also writes some to sell as well. Yeah, probably. Sammy, did you know Taylor can do the splits? <laughs> yes, apparently, according I to, do now. According to Rolling Stone, I do now. <laughs> it was a big goal of hers, and I, I don't know if there's that much to discuss about Taylor doing the splits, but it was just kind of a funny point they added in there. And she was so proud of it too. It was so cute. Like I can picture her face talking about it for sure. <laughs> uh, but something, something that does have a little more depth, and something I've always been curious about is she has always attributed her, you know. Her inspiration to her grandmother, who was an opera singer. Uh, I believe it's her grandmother on her mom's side, yes, right? Yeah. Her mom's mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and like I just think it's cool that she kind of brought that back out of the woodwork a little bit and discussed, or at least brought up in this article that she took her grandma's style. And I think that I mean, not only did she take her grandma's style, but that uh, her grandma also kind of cre- paved the path for her for her love of music because it talks about in the article about her taking her to her first musical, which I think in the article it says is Charlie and the chocolate factory and that she wanted to participate in that. And I think, um, some of us, a lot of us, I don't know how many of us knew that, you know, back in the day, Taylor had gone on auditions for Broadway musicals and things of that nature. And so it was really interesting to, for her to say it rather than just us know that information randomly. Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now I guess we kind of have more proof that that's what happened and not just... Yeah, and I think it's... Well, I mean, there's photos of her as a little kid in school performances and stuff and, like, the local theater performances Yeah, but she's never really talked about it, like, as candidly as she did. I don't know why. I don't... Not for a long time, Yeah, I don't know why she didn't. I don't know. Um, But maybe she's hinting at something. Um, But it's just... It's interesting to kind of see that side of her and then see like imagine her in a performance because she said a lot about the red sword that she wanted it sort of in the style of broadway musical um and you can kind of see that in the video so it's interesting to kind of see it transform from you know where she was to where she is Mm -hmm. oh for sure so one of my favorite items out of this article is the fact that despite the rumors, Swift says she and Selena Gomez never had beef. And, and Good. Th- this goes back to the the first article where the, she was talking about Project Selena and getting Selena to move to New York um, and how they're wa- they were never fighting because she wants her to live in New York with her. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was – well, I thought her quote in there was yeah, actually funny about it, talking about how they would read all these blogs saying like, Taylor and Selena feuding, uh, especially the ones over Justin Bieber. And she said, meanwhile, Selena and I would be on the phone that night laughing about it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, on a larger scale, it also brings up that interesting point again about not believing everything you read on the Internet 
because even if you find it to be a credible source, it may not be. I mean, I'm sure Perez has reported on this before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen um, him. And like, at the end of the day, he's doing it to get people to read his blog yeah. because don't forget, Perez Hilton is a blog. He's not a newspaper. And you know what I find interesting is that back in the day in the past, over the past couple of years, back in the day in like 2012, um, Taylor used to say that she didn't read anything about herself. And mm-hmm. now in this article, she's saying flat out that she does. And I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like she finds these things online herself or like she has a friend tell her like, oh, like, are you like, is this true? Yeah, but either either way, she said that she didn't and she never read anything about herself. It doesn't matter how she's getting it. And now she's saying that she does read these things. And I mean, it's kind of. I don't even know if it's good or bad because you it, know, Sammy. I mean, it could it could also be not necessarily that she's going out and reading it about herself, but I'm sure she has people working for her that monitor her, um, you know, her her basic online presence, persona. not just online presence, no, but I presence know, in but, all publications. But I mean, and I'm sure they've brought it to her attention without her having to read it, just being like. Hey, just so you know, because she has to be aware because that impacts how she behaves when she goes out in public. Yeah, and but that doesn't necessarily mean reading it, because if it's just told to her and they're like, hey, yeah, just true. so you know, there's some people reporting that you and Celine are feuding because you haven't been seen together recently. Um, she can adjust her behavior accordingly and she could be like, oh, OK, like that wouldn't necessarily hurt her feelings like actually reading a vicious statement about her would. Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't actually say that she read it. Selena could have been reading it and told her about it. All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so now another favorite of mine that's totally relevant to us and uh, everybody listening out there is if in the very off chance, because you really do have an astronomical chance of this, you this see Taylor in public, <laughs> go ahead and ask her for a picture. She said she's totally cool with it. Yep. And she does not like sneak pictures. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, because oh, she knows yeah. she's she's no dummy. Let's let's actually <laughs> read the quote on that. Um, she said, "Everyone always says the same thing when they get called out on trying to sneak a picture. That is, and they're always like, I was not.' <laughs> and but it's like, yeah, you definitely were. As a human being who's been dealing with this for eight years, I know when someone's taking a picture of me." <laughs> Like, she knows what to look for. Someone, like, casually trying to text yeah, with their really. phone, like, She's really like... high in the air. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I'm going to put myself on blast for a minute because this seems to never die with me. Um, and so it, it's one of those things, you know, I'm just putting it out there like Taylor did on and shake it off how she's like, I know what people say about me. Well, I know what people say about me, too. And <laughs> it's a slightly embarrassing story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Now... For, for those who are new to the show, you may have not picked up yet. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and I was very heavily involved in that fan base, um, as well as the Taylor Swift fan base. And Really, Adam? There, are you sure? I, I'm positive, Sammy. And so <laughs> I live here in Vegas, and a couple years ago for his 23rd birthday, Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley, was here in town uh, for his birthday. And so some I happen to have a group of friends in from the Harry Potter fan base, and we all decided it would be a good idea to go to dinner at the same restaurant Rupert was having his birthday dinner. And so sure enough, Rupert goes walking by and I definitely tried to take one of those stalker pictures only. It turns out I left the flash on my camera turned on. (laughs) 
Did he notice? Oh, he he walked right by our table. He was like three feet away from oh me when God. I took the picture. That's so embarrassing. Uh, so, so he funny. definitely knew. But in the meantime, I did get my picture of Ron Weasley walking do, by do me. Do you still have that one? You should have just asked him for a photo. He so was surrounded by people. He had an entourage. So he had a bodyguard. He had his publicist. So Taylor. And yet so Taylor, like and yet Taylor is saying, "Mini paparazzi guy." Yeah, yeah, I was a mini pop. That's, uh, that makes me embarrassed for you. Plus, like nobody else was, no one else was doing that. So, I mean, with That's Taylor though, she says it's perfectly cool. <laughs> what? That's why you should have gone up to him because nobody else was bothering him. Probably no one else in the restaurant knew who he was. It was only you, Adam. I'm sure people knew. He's Rupert Grint. He's in the biggest film series ever. Yeah, but and he's he a also Harry has Potter. Hair, so that makes him stand out. <laughs> like, Sammy, here's one of the things about uh, Vegas, too, is you can tell, even if you don't know who they are, you can tell when there's a celebrity around because they because <laughs> of the way they're surrounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually one time Diane and I, in the same hotel, in fact, saw Nick Cannon walk by. Same thing. Entourage, the whole works. I actually didn't even see him. I'm just blind. I just like walked right by. Him. I don't know. And that I, I, I would just notice. like I just like, like lean over Nick to Cannon. Diana. I'm like, that was Nick Cannon that just walked by us. And I was like, wait, what? Where? <laughs> I don't know that I would notice Nick Cannon either. I think we're getting off topic. Though. Yeah. No, we are. But the the moral of the story is while other celebrities are not as nice about it, Taylor is perfectly fine if you come up and. Uh, but again, the odds of it are astronomical. Yeah. Although. Although, wasn't there just an instance in Nashville yep. a couple days there ago? There were two of this them. Was the coolest there were thing ever. two there of two? them. Yeah, well, two. Okay. Two. Okay. Can I tell this story? Like, hang on. Hang on. Uh-huh. I want to tell it. I want to tell it, Sammy. Let me Sorry. tell the first one, and you can tell the second one. It's the oh same God. story. It was in with, within a matter of like two minutes. With oh, I'm what? talking about the one from years ago. Oh well, no, there was one. Oh, okay. You can tell the one from... Okay, fine. Go. Okay, let me tell the one from years ago because this is a really important story to me because that is the reason this podcast even exists right now. Okay, Um, go ahead. So several years ago, Taylor was driving through Nashville and saw a little girl, roughly eight years old, I believe, wearing a Fearless Tour t-shirt. So that's how far back we're going. Um, Taylor actually took the time to make a U-turn, follow this girl into a video store, and go up to her and say, I just wanted to say hi. Um, and just interacted, took pictures with the girl and talked to her and stuff like that. And I read that story. That's when I personally realized, wow, Taylor Swift is different. And that's when I became involved in her fan base. And thus, that is why this podcast exists. Um, now that as Sammy's about to share, was not an isolated incident because a couple days ago, Sammy, you can finish the story. Um, A couple days ago, Taylor was driving through Nashville and she saw a girl walking wearing a red tour t-shirt and pulled over her car climbed into the passenger seat and started talking to this girl took photos with this girl like it was basically not exactly the same story but it just goes to show that she hasn't changed that she is still more than willing to see some to see a fan of hers know that it's her fan and stop for her like completely stop her entire life for the fan Yes, so what we all should do now is every time we go out, wear a Taylor Swift t-shirt. I do that already. <laughs> every you time you're know. out in Nashville. Or New York. You never know. <laughs> this is, I do that anyway, so you know. <laughs> That's Sammy's wardrobe to begin with, so well, I don't think she's going There's a picture that. on Twitter. You go look at it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that was such a good story, and it really warmed my heart because I'm like, oh, my God, she just did it again. Yeah, yeah and it was so long ago that, like, not people forgot about it, but it's, like, one of those things that – you know, 
it kind of goes into the back of your mind is like, oh, Taylor is so nice. And then it happens again. And you're like, how is this possible that you're she's like, this well, nice? she's still really nice. Like she's still the exact same yeah, girl she, that she I, was back in like, yeah. 2000. But I also find it interesting that she said in the Rolling Stone article, the original one, that she hadn't driven in five or no. Maybe it was in driven the Guardian article. She hasn't driven alone in five years. And then like a week later in Nashville, she was driving alone. We don't know if she was alone. She though. was like, alone. She... There were photos. There was no one else in that car. That doesn't mean anything. They could have been hiding in the photo. And they probably were like in the back seat. She could have had a car behind her with Maybe. people in it to but security. I... Yeah, but the girl didn't say anything about that. The girl would have said something. There were the, like 50 black important. SUVs that pulled over when Taylor pulled over. Because it's not important. She wasn't there to talk to her security <laughs> guard. She was there to talk to Taylor Swift. I and like Sammy, talking to her Sammy, security guards. Sammy, Sammy. Yeah. When she says driving alone, you don't necessarily know what that means. It, like, uh, that could be referring to not necessarily alone in the car, but alone, like, without a security team of some sort. Yeah, of, this like, people knowing exactly where she is. Well, I'm sure like, people knew where she was, but I mean, house physically, she wasn't being driven around like she is in New York and L.A. She was driving the car herself. Let's hope she wasn't hitting anything. She has a record of that. She does have she a record of that. She has no practice, so when she does, there's a larger chance. <laughs> it's okay, Taylor. I've also hit She said that in the other Rolling Stone article. This is great. <laughs> I like Rolling Stone articles. Taylor reveals a lot more. Me I don't too. know if it's because those reporters are that good that they get information out of her, or Taylor's like, oh, it's Rolling Stone. I have to give them something I think good. It's, I think it's the name Rolling Stone. And probably both. Too. Combination of both. I, I think it's also probably because she knows that the Rolling Stone audience generally is a little bit older. You know, I mean, I, my father and I were talking about this, about how, you know, when her first Rolling Stone article came out, I probably snubbed it considering I don't have it. Um, you know, just the concept of her being in Rolling Stone and now, you know, it's something that I look forward to when her album comes out is her being in Rolling Stone because the articles always tend to be really good. Mm-hmm. When you say talking to your dad, was he responding in a Kiwi accent? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I love his accent, Sammy. I love that your dad's from New Zealand. Sammy's dad's from New Zealand, everybody. Hashtag contact. Hashtag contact. <laughs> so this, this next point I think is highly relevant. Um, like not because it is on the surface but because it could impact her songwriting but it says when it comes to breaking up swift is a rip off the band-aid type so basically she likes to end things quick if things are bad she doesn't want to stick around and watch it burn to the ground if it becomes toxic she just checks out stops communication cuts it off now you see i have a little bit of a problem with this i mean it's this is her life, so I'm not going to tell her what to do. It's fine. But I think sometimes if you check out when there's a problem, you don't have a chance to fix it. So you just kind of like, oh, never mind. This ain't working out. But I, I think I she's talking about when the relationship is beyond repair. Yeah, okay. I don't think she means she just like randomly checks out. I think it's I think it's beyond repair kind of thing. I think it's not like, oh, you took two hours to text me back. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's quite what she's getting at there. Um, however, it's interesting that that was your issue with it because I have a slightly different issue. And my issue with that is it's like, does, does she really cut it off and let it go? Because it seems like specifically the Joe one lives on forever it doesn't, in her She songs. doesn't say let it go, though. And don't sing it, Adam. Don't do it, Adam. 
Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Um, she just says that she stops communication. And so there's no reason to believe that she is like, quote unquote, over it. Because I, I feel like if she didn't stop the communication, that the songs that she's writing probably wouldn't exist because she wouldn't be able to process it that way. Do you want to? However, know what Sammy, what? She, she did say, I don't want to scream and yell at someone and give them the opportunity to say I'm crazy right. or that I went psycho. And it's like, well, what is the song better than Revenge? Well, that's not. Yeah, but she no. never did that to actual person face. Yeah, it's she means, like I mean, there's a very big difference if going and singing, like basically saying the entire conversation of forever and always to somebody and then writing a song about it two years later. There's a very However, I, I'm just I'm just saying though she says she doesn't want to give them the opportunity to say she's crazy and it's like well at all yeah, it's kind of no I'm not though. I'm not saying she is it's, I think what she does is perfectly justified I'm just saying she is opening herself up for the opportunity um, uh, of someone making that claim and lots of people do make kind, that claim I think she means a different kind of psycho though she means like that they're like screaming and fighting and then kissing like in the, the cat ring. claws the nails into yeah, the face yeah. Nobody got my song oh, reference. Okay. Basically, like Diane and Sammy when they get mad. <gasps> no. Oh god. That's only when we're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's angry. That's angry. <laughs> I don't know. It's just that was just an interesting point. Yeah, in my I, opinion. I think that that one's open to interpretation because you know the songs are her way of being able to do that without having these crazy, ridiculous fights. And I think that, that right. I and mean, she also said in the original article that she hates confrontation. So it's the same kind of thing. It's her way of venting and expressing how she felt about the situation without confronting them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this point also ties into another point in this article that she's never been in love. This broke my heart, y'all. She said, no, looking it, back, not real love, not the kind that lasts. I think that's still ahead of me, which is really exciting. I mean, I love um, this... I love that part because I feel like a lot of stuff, especially stuff further down in this article, that she it kind of sounds like she's given up on love. So that last part that she said that it's still ahead of her is really exciting, is exciting for me. But mm-hmm. thinking back on all of her relationships, which there aren't that many, let's not get into this, um, and how much in love she seemed, <clears throat> especially with, you know, Wolf Boy um, and, you know, 27 Second Guy. Like, she was that infatuated with them. But it's kind of heartbreaking for 24-year-old Taylor to look back on 18-year-old Taylor and 19-year-old Taylor and 20-year-old Taylor and not think that what she felt then was real love. Like, that's kind of scary. Why is that heartbreaking? Because that's so that's sad because thing. she was – she, like – I mean, I would be horrified at myself to realize that something that I thought at 18 wasn't actually true. Does that make I sense? No, I don't know if I would be horrified. It just you're I think she might have gotten. I don't know. I mean, it, for her, then it could have been just like a really, really deep crush. And so she was. Oh, um, I mean, I'm not about the possibility. It's not that it's. It's well. I don't. I, I. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't quite know how to say it. But I'm, I, I mean, I'm not saying that it, that that she d- it didn't mean anything to her. I just like if I felt like I was in love, and then you know, years later, I look back and I realize that I wasn't. That would affect me very deeply. I 
see me i almost feel like that's almost a a way for her to feel less hurt Mm, by what happened yeah i think it is too because based on the feelings that resulted and the songs that came as a result of those feelings how could she say that it it wasn't real love i mean she's basically defining real love as a lifetime of love and i i don't think that has to be i don't think that has to be the case because like here's the thing and i've used examples of pets before because I love my animals, I love my dogs, but I truly, truly, deep in my heart, love my dogs, and unfortunately, dogs do have a shorter lifespan than humans, and I've lost a few over the years, and but I still love them the rest of my life, even though they're not still with me, and I know that's slightly different than breaking up, however, is it not possible for her to actually, even though the relationship didn't work out, for her to still love someone the rest of her life? even though they didn't work out in the end. I mean, she says real love, so there's no reason to believe that she didn't quote-unquote love them, I suppose. Yeah, maybe for her, she like it's possible that she loved them, but she wasn't in love with them in the sense that she didn't want to stay with them forever. Like She couldn't see herself being yeah. with this person long-term. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess I just think this quote's another one that's really open for interpretation. I think it's very much her opinion rather than a fact. Yeah, well, I mean, all of these are. It's a person. There's no way to be um, objective about that. Well, fine, Diane. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) But I was glad to learn that she also is excited about animals, though. Speaking of animals, on a happier note. Yeah, she likes ducks. (laughs) She was walking around Central Park with uh, with this Rolling Stone journalist and pointing at all the animals and getting very excited about them (laughs) she's like i want to feed the turtles but if i did i'd get in trouble with PETA." (laughs) (laughs) that was really cute it was no it it was it was but um you know she mentions that speaking of her age she knows sometimes she comes off like a 24 year old tween i really liked that and hated that at the same time I really liked it. Well, let's get I, into I like, well, I liked her. Actually, why do you hate it first? Let's yeah, do hate well, first. In the world could you possibly I don't know. It? I hate it because people, a lot of times, haters tend to say that she's very immature in regards to how she acts towards love and relationships. So I felt like she was kind of backing what they were saying. Um, but at the same time, her justification made a lot of sense. And I kind of admired her for realizing that about herself well that's why i loved it sammy is because she countered those people yeah like she countered them by explaining the fact that there is a lag time on emotional growth because everything we hear on her album is already a couple years old and a couple years less mature than she is now yeah I so just people claiming something from you know fearless describes taylor now that's an absurd claim right even or even from 1989 about, yeah yeah it's two that's two years old um, I just don't like that she gave them fuel, personally. But I did, I did like her justification, and she said we should tell them what they said. What she said, uh, she said because I write my records a couple of years before I put them out, I always seem two or three years younger than I actually am. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's fine. I don't see any negative to that. I see her as countering the haters' claims on that by saying, y- "You're right. You're actually right." However, that's not still me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. So I think that's a I think that one is a very important one. Yes. Personally. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, 
Are we going to talk about the last bit there? Which um, last we bit? We can, yeah. Uh, yeah, the last bit. Can yeah. you... Uh, so, okay, so um, the last bit, she says, um, I I think you have to do things that that make you geek out like you're a kid again. Or, or else you just become one of those one of those forty five year old twenty four year olds, because being cool usually means being bored by um, everything, and I'm not bored by any of this. I love that. I think that's awesome. Me too. Like we we have to talk about that because that, I mean, people might say, oh, she acts like a kid, she's um, immature, whatever, blah blah blah, but that doesn't mean she has to get like old and boring. No. Like it's, I don't know. You and guys I have think an opinion on that? I I do. I mean, I think that she is. Sammy's always got an opinion, so I do. <laughs> um, I'm teasing you, Sammy. <laughs> I tease. I tease. Um, <clears throat> you know, as a 24 year old, she's a very you know we've talked about this earlier. She's very mature. She's very grown up. Her style is very grown up. All of it is very not old school, but you know, not represent representative of a normal 24 year old. I mean, like. And the fact that she admits that, you know, she wants to be cool and not be bored by everything kind of balances the two out. So while she's, you know, dressing like a very grown up, mature person kind of thing, she can still have fun and enjoy herself. And that kind of, at least for me as a 25 year old, it says a lot about about us at that age because like you know i'm trying very hard to be a very professional person and you know dress grown up but then at the same time i want to wear my tailor shirts and i want to have a good time like i'm still 18 and she's basically saying that you can still do that and you should still do that and so that meant a lot to me well anyone who makes the claim that taylor swift is immature is completely 100 percent off base because mm-hmm. you cannot claim somebody that has taken such a grasp on their career become more successful than we all combined will probably ever become <laughs> is is just ridiculous. I mean, she is a business person. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. She handles herself with grace and elegance while she's on camera and in public. Like what she does, nobody else can do. Mm-mm. There is no one else on this planet that could pull that off or at least very, very few. So Amen. making that claim because she likes to dance at award shows. Come on. Yeah, really. Like she is um allowed to have fun and I think you should have fun no matter what like um no matter um how um old you are. It's just not fair to say like, "Oh, you're old, you can't have fun anymore." Yeah. Yeah, Diane, stop telling me I can't have fun. <laughs> I never say that. Have fun. <laughs> go frolic. Frolic? <laughs> yes, go frolic. Is that Taylor Talks word of the week? Frolic. I really like that word, so I would support Frolic, that. to go out and play. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what that means. That's not the <laughs> definition out of the dictionary. It's I just the made Webster that one up. Marian dictionary definition. <laughs> All right, let's talk new music, though, because this is so much fun, and we only get to do it every two years, talking about new music before it actually comes out, and it's really, really exciting. It is. So... Like, just opening right off the bat, this isn't out of Rolling Stone, but Ingrid Michaelson tweeted, and apparently she has heard 1989 and said, Taylor Swift's new record is a brilliant pop poetic party. I love that she said pop poetic party. Her use of alliteration there <laughs> is, I'm sorry. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, and I think we, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Sammy. No, I was gonna, oh, well, um, I was just going to say that I think it's really good that she used the word, um, that she used the word um poetic, poetic yeah because then we know that her songs will 
actually still hold that, you know, same Taylor Swift style of really, really great lyrics. And I think Ingrid is really good at that, too, in that, you know, her music is, uh, well, at least her new music, and Steve isn't here to back this, but um, her music is now quite pop, but Mm -hmm. it's still very poetic and still very meaningful, and I think that that says a lot about Taylor's new album in that it is pop, you know, we've heard Shake It Off, but that doesn't mean that the poetic and the meaningfulness and the, you know, heartfelt lyrics that we're, we know and love from Taylor aren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I also enjoy the word poetic because in a past episode, one of these past few weeks, they all sort of blend together for me at this point. They every do. episode. <laughs> they do. But we did discuss uh, how we're at least hoping that while Taylor's sound is turning pop, she's going to sort of change the pop genre where people are mostly singing other people's lyrics and they're very generic and bland and take her country lyrics and bring them to the pop genre. And I say country lyrics not to mean identical lyrics, but her style of writing, her storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think and I, her giving us a look in her life yeah. through her lyrics. And that that this quote from Ingrid basically nails that on the coffin closing it shut what yeah so i'm very excited to see what she comes out with so let's get into the three specific songs that were mentioned in rolling stone off 1989 one of which no longer appears there but we'll get to that in just a sec so they mention in the article a new song called wildest dream where swift takes a fatalist view of romance and said, I think the way I used to approach relationships was very idealistic. I used to go in them thinking, maybe this is the one. We'll get married and have a family. This could be forever. Whereas now I go in thinking, how long do we have on the clock before something comes along and puts a wrench in it? Or your publicist calls and says this isn't a good idea. This was the part where my heart broke in this article. This is going to be track five, guys. <laughs> I hope it's track five. She this always puts a song five. there that's sad and slow and... If this is the one, then I'm going to cry. Except at the same time, I kind of feel like this is like the opposite, the anti, if you will, anti-love story, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I could see it being this like sad, dramatic ballad that's basically like all too well 2.0, but about something kind of different. But I can also see it being kind of an upbeat ballad, kind of in the same style as um, Love Story, but basically a complete 180 from what love story is about does that make sense i yes it 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 does but i really hope that the song is not fast because i think that if she put this sort of sad um concept for a song into like 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 some sort of fast sound i think the meaning could kind of get lost i don't see it being as fast but i mean like i don't consider love story a ballad either because that's kind of it's kind of that mid-tempo it's like you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like it's not gonna be this dramatic um all too well type ballad but i also don't see it being like a I mean, the only thing I can relate it to is like sweeter than fiction is like a little bit, a little bit slower than sweeter than fiction, but a little bit faster than all too well. Tempo. Yeah, but, um, but, um, I, I, I just see the song as being something really, really sad. And I think that if she wants to make it very sad, she needs to just go all the way with it. Oh, I agree with that. But I don't, I don't know that we have any reason to believe that it's a sad song because she doesn't say, I mean, she 
well, I don't know. It's hard because I kind I of, don't picture based on the title, I don't picture it being yeah, a sad song. Yeah, me neither. You don't? Like I kind no, of No, I don't. Like, do I, I can see what you're pulling out of the quote there about the fatalist view of yeah. romance. Um, but I think that was just sort of a general statement yeah. that sort of inspired this song. But just because that inspired this song doesn't mean it has to take the fatalist viewpoint like the inspiration did. It could be, you know, the idealistic viewpoint, too. Yeah, I kind of... It could be told. And here's something very strange, too. For some reason, I've been sitting here while you two were talking, thinking about this, and I can't come up with an explanation. But for some reason, just looking at this song title, I picture in my head, I picture strawberries. Wildest dream. Because of like I don't know why. strawberry fields of dreams is that or what something you dream like that. About strawberries in a large field where you frolic. That... <laughs> exactly. I, it's the weirdest thing. There's um, just something. I don't know why I even brought that up. I probably just completely embarrassed myself. Probably. Everyone listening probably is like, "What is he talking about?" No, but um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Aside from the strawberries, um, I do kind of agree with Adam, and I feel like it. Although that last quote about, you know, putting a wrench in and your publicist calls and says, is this a good idea? I kind of feel like this could be one of those songs that has a positive spin on it. And um, uh, that. No, I see. I see where you're going with that, Sammy. Like I said, I think it could be told from the idealistic viewpoint, but then maybe end on a sad note. Like it'll be like this vivid description of an ideal relationship that sort of ends with the reveal that it, it was just a fantasy yes. it was just the wildest dream that, oh my that's, gosh, that's awful that's what i say that's awful <laughs> why is that awful it's, no it's no it's really good it's but awful it's but awful it's, it's awful it but be... it's real because i I, mean, I feel like i don't you know i don't know taylor personally obviously and i don't know what goes through her head but i feel like it's very possible that at some point she met someone think enchanted for example See, I was she met someone that she had this sort of dreamy vision about but it didn't work it, it never even started and so I it think, was just a wild dream for her yeah and i think that yeah. mine is a good example of that also and that mine was a, a a vision that she had when she hung out with a guy this one time and that mm-hmm. it was uh you know very idealistic and very magical but it wasn't necessarily real and i think mm-hmm. that it's the same kind of thing that she has and even in the music video for mine, it's that whole image of, you know, she sees the guy for the first time and then the, their entire possibility of a future flashes before them. And then it goes backward back to the diner where they're still sitting there. I kind of picture that kind of thing. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a negative thing. It's just more of like a daydream that she has of that. It could be idealistic. It could be. Yeah, it could be idealistic. But in fact, it's not. I'm very excited for this song. Like, this is one of the titles that has intrigued me. Yes, I want it now, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is, I it's a puzzle, it's a mystery, it and is. we can't figure it out. So if anybody has any legitimate, credible information on this, Other than we'd love I to hear it. But there Google was originally in this article a song mentioned called I Know Places, that magically disappeared from the article. Mm-hmm. Magically. It was taken out. It, it was, was taken, taken out, out without and any Now, I, I should point out that sometimes journalists will, if they make an error, they'll revise it and then put, like, a subnote at the bottom saying, like, this article was revised to correct this misinformation. But in this case, this was just removed completely. Disappeared. I have a question, Sammy. So you actually have a um, a um, a um, copy of the actual... Um um, 
Rolling Stone magazine. Is this article in the magazine? It it was, or but was then it when added I w- later online, when I went back, it was gone. No, no, no. In no, like the, the physical, physical copy. copy. Oh, no, no, none, none of this stuff is in the physical copy. Okay, okay, because that's what I was wondering. No, none, I none of this they stuff had printed is in the physical it. copy. No, I wouldn't think they would, because that was the point of this. This was overflow. It's stuff that didn't fit in the primary article. But anyway, I, while it was in there, I believe it was mentioned that this song was co-written with Ryan Tedda, right? Right, yes. Now, someone refresh my memory. Where is he from? Like, what's his band? One Republic. One Republic. Got it. Thank you. I know bands. I don't necessarily know the artists within those bands. So, yeah, like I said, it's been deleted. We have nothing there except at one point she's playing some rough demos of a few new songs on her iPhone when she pulls up one co-written with Ryan Tedder. And it said before that this one that she pulled up was called I Know Places, and now it just is vague about it so i almost think that maybe they, they weren't supposed to reveal the song title they um either weren't supposed to say what the um song title was going to be called or it's wrong i feel like it's wrong it because if they weren't supposed to say anything why were they allowed to say something about every other song that they've talked about right i feel like i feel like it's wrong i feel like i mean she they said and they did change it back to the song that she co-wrote with Ryan Tedder. Like, they leave his name in there. So we know that there's a song on the album with Ryan Tedder, or co-written by Ryan Tedder. Um, Mm. But we don't necessarily know what it's called. I'm still hoping it's called I Know Places, because I kind of like that title. And I really want to know what this song is about. But Well, Sammy, we can still speculate that, because even if that's not the title... In, at, in some way, shape, or form, it is based on fact, and that could very well be like one of those recurring lyrics in the chorus that the author or the journalist of the, that wrote this article simply interpreted to be the title without Taylor actually this saying is true. this is the title. I, I yeah, kind of possible. agree with that. I think that that's probably the place to go, that the song that he heard, he heard the song, he knows it's written by co-written by Ryan Tedder, but he was never told the name and he just kind of figured it out based on you know like the chorus or whatever or assumed that's that's repeated over and over and over and over um but we don't actually or he doesn't actually know what it's called and maybe she wouldn't verify it which i find kind of weird because she verified everything else but i guess it's possible let's let's break it down then so i know places the way i would envision this in my head is You know, just based on Taylor's style and past music, it would sort of be like, like, I I know places not being a literal physical place, but places as in places in a relationship, places in time rather than physical location. Yeah, that's possible. I almost seem, I almost feel like this song, it, I don't know, it could be about like, how how like she feels old because she's been like like she's been through um a lot in her life and she's seen like um a lot of different things happen so i don't know well that's what i mean places in time not physical location it's kind of funny because when i first heard i know places and i'm sure a lot of people will not get this reference but i'm gonna tell it to you anyway because long long time ago sammy used to be obsessed with broadway and I saw a lot of Broadway musicals. And in Hairspray, mm-hmm. there is a song called I Know Where I've Been. And oh, as soon yeah. as I saw this title, like, the words to I Know Where I've Been came into my head. And obviously, mm-hmm. I know that that's not the song. But 
the basically the idea of the song is that it's talking about you know not necessarily places that she's been but just where her past has been and where her future is going and i can kind of mm-hmm. see it being that kind of song like a retrospective you know i've dealt with struggles i know that you've dealt with them too and you know we've we've all been there and we'll all get through it kind of like a dare i say it like a tied together with a smile but in a positive light quote unquote maybe yeah i'm making a weird face but well i'd like to think that's a very feasible concept based on the album as a whole which she openly said is not boy centric she's attacking different perspectives than her past music has yeah so i I definitely think that's a very viable and i think that that would also go along really well with the instagram posts and um other things that she's done i'm gonna stay quiet now um but (laughs) that you know she wants her listener her listeners to know that she has dealt with struggles and we do know that she's dealt with bullying and things like that but i think there are a lot of other struggles that people are are dealing with that taylor is inadvertently helping them with um Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut with that um but that this song could embody her basically giving them a hand and being like you can get through this you are strong enough to get through this and i'm always there for you and that do you know what i'm saying yeah definitely yeah are either of you really familiar with one republic's music no well i know apologize yeah i know apologize because taylor (laughs) sang it (laughs) well yeah because taylor used to sing that on tour she's no i knew it before yeah i knew it before also (laughs) It's too late to apologize. <laughs> and then there's one other song of theirs that I know, but the name escapes me, so I must not know it very well. Well, you know, I think we're onto a good track with this. Of course, we're going to see when it comes out, and we could be completely off base. But based on the one song of One Republic we know, uh, <laughs> Apologize, and, and, you know, Taylor's past, I think where we're going with this could seem like a very fitting concept for these two. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. I agree. So... That's that. I mean, we don't have a lot more to go off of other no, than we're really, wild guesses. We're based really on making that up, guys. It could be a really big stretch and be like this big, positive, upbeat 22 song, and we would have no idea. Yeah, yeah. who knows? <laughs> so the last one the article talked about is, is going to be a bonus track, which I think is very interesting that they revealed a bonus track. Me too. Rather than a primary track. And that is You Are Love, which she co-wrote. Uh, with Jack Antonoff, who describes it as a very Secret Garden Springsteen vibe. Which is a song by Springsteen for the youngins that don't know the song Secret Garden. Bruce, the boss. Yep. I I didn't know what that was before this article, so I had to look it up. Oh, but I I'm, wasn't familiar no, with the song, either. but and I knew I'm Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I'm wondering if he means sound-wise it's going to be like Secret Garden, which I could get behind. Or she said vibe, so it would probably have to go with like the like the feel of the song. Yeah, yeah, which which I think is cool. I I didn't listen to it that that long, um, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't really listening to the words. But sound wise, it sounded cool. So I I could get down get down with that. I get get behind that. Yeah. Well. It'll be interesting to find that out because the only other song she's written with Jack Antonoff was, of course, Sweeter Than Fiction, which doesn't sound and anything. Has, and she has another song that we talked about last week or this week, but a couple days ago, written by Jack Antonoff. I don't remember. Well, I'm just saying that the one we do have sounds nothing like Springsteen's yeah. song. And I think- um, so it could be 
very much uh, in line with with lyrics, not necessarily the sound. It could be because um, what Lena Dunham said, who is Taylor's fan and Jack Antonoff's girlfriend, um, she said of the song, Jack and I have a lot of existential and political views with marriage, but if we do ever get married, there's no freaking... I'm changing that way. <laughs> Taylor is not playing that song. So it's clearly a happy love song. Um, I would venture to guess that musically it is similar to, or lyrically, it is similar to Sweeter Than Fiction because that is also a very upbeat, you know, I love you no matter what, we're going to get through this, we're going to be together forever kind of song. Um so I think it's interesting that they wrote another song that s- seems like it will be quite similar to that. Even though well, Secret Garden doesn't sound anything like that. Secret Garden doesn't have the sound, but the lyrical theme is, is kind of there. It's about the things that, that you would go through for this other person. So then, that, so then it must be the theme and not the music. Well, it could still yeah. be the music, but, you know, knowing Lena Dunham, it's probably the theme and not the music because, you know, she's very out there and seems like the kind of person that would have, like, a metal goth band singing, you know, a love song. So, you know. <laughs> probably. So let's let's look really quick and see how many total songs do we have off 1989 now? Nine, I We had five from our last episode. Three more here is eight. Plus Shake It Off is Shake nine. Off. Uh, yeah. But we can't really count the bonus track because the main album has 13. No, so let's so go back eight. to eight. So we have okay. so more we're than still half missing five titles. And one of them, I we had this argument, Diane and I did. Well, it wasn't really an argument. We had this discussion. Is she mm-hmm. going to have a title track? Is she going to have a song called 1989? That's what I was getting to. I think the monkey in the closet or the elephant in the, the room. The monkey or... in the closet? <laughs> never heard that one are we in family guy right now (laughs) (laughs) evil monkey um but i think that is it like yeah i mean that's a lot of people are overlooking the obvious that's really the last song that we're waiting for i mean there's like three or four more songs but is one of them a title track like it's it would seem odd for her not to have one but at the same time with the name of the album and the style of the album, I feel like she might not. Because, you know, I was thinking about, I mean, obviously all of her albums have had title tracks. Um, except, except, for, except for Taylor Swift. I was going to say well, that, but you cut me off. Um, well, <laughs> we all know she's not going to write a song called Taylor Swift. It's going to be Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw <laughs> is overdue for a song called Taylor Swift. He is. <laughs> but um, other pop artists... Um, that have come out with albums in the past, you know, 18 months to two years, uh, most of them haven't had title tracks. I mean, like... Yeah, but they're not Taylor Swift. I, yeah, I, Taylor no, I know. marches I'm to just, the beat of her own drummer, oh, I Sammy. Oh, I don't I think it's fair to compare her to any other pop artist just because she's going into the pop genre, particularly because one of the things we've been discussing is that she's going to bring her own unique Taylor Swift thing to the pop genre. She's not going into pop to be like everybody else. Oh, I know that. She's going into pop to be Taylor Swift with a new style. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure because it's, I mean, if someone could tell me definitely, like, what the song would be about, then I would say fine. But I don't see it being a 1985 Bowling for Soup kind of song. I don't see it being a 1970-something kind of song. 
like Taylor was only alive for like 20 days in 1989. So yeah, I don't I don't see this pretend. song being like, you know, this all this cool stuff happened in 1989. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't know how she would be able to incorporate 1989 into a song that but it doesn't have to be about the year. It could be a very personal song about her life. Yeah, I suppose. But then that kind of turns into a 22 kind of situation, and I don't know that she's going to repeat. No, it or doesn't. Or a best day situation. Yeah. No, she can do something different than those. And or who's to say it can't? Kind of hold up. Who's like... to say it can't be like those? Because she do- has had songs with similar themes. Yeah, but I feel like that would be real similar. It depends on how she does it. I, I mean, suppose. we will see. We let will it see. let let us know. Tweet us. Tweet 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 us or leave us a voicemail or email us and let us know. Or text us. Or text us. Well, in just over a month we'll find out for sure. So you know, we do hope that you guys have enjoyed all our guesses. If you haven't read this Rolling Stone article we've been referencing, uh, we'll definitely link to it for you in Taylortalk.org slash episode one fifty one there in the show notes. You'll be able to check it out. Uh you know, and we'll also, just for the heck of it, you know what, let's also include Secret Garden by Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, and let people decide, like, if you think, you know, what you can pull out of that that's going to be similar to You Are Loved by Taylor Swift and Jack, 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 Jack Antonoff. <laughs> I can't say his name. name. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that wraps up our discussion on the Rolling Stone. So we've got some good segment or some good segment submissions here from you guys. You know you're Swifty when, if Swifties ruled the world. So, Diane, if you could please read us the first one, that would be phenomenal. Okay. The first one comes from Miranda via email, and she says, You know you're Swifty when you're on a road trip and you talk about nothing but Taylor Swift and your family just wants you to shut up. <laughs> oh, story of my life. This has happened to me before, It almost in the exact same way. So, I feel you, Miranda. We're and then the funny part is when it when it goes the other way and they're like, oh, did you hear that Taylor did? And you're just like, stop. I heard you're it like, probably yes, like a week ago. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, my um, I, um, at um, at um, work on Thursday, my boss walked in and was like, I'm Team Perry. And I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> everybody knows me as the Taylor Swift girl. You are the Taylor Swift. Team girl. Perry for I know. like the band Perry. No, like Team Perry for um, Katy Perry. Perry. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You are the Taylor Swift girl. You guys both cry when you drink wine. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) It's like you're twins. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Except that she's a much more talented songwriter. But then you've never tried. So give it a try, and we'll get back to you on whether or not you're really twins. I actually have tried, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then. (laughs) Sammy, you got the next one. Um, The next one is from Taylor Swift Quotes on Twitter. You know you're a Swifty when you feel like Taylor when you sing in the shower. LOL. Story of my life. LOL. I'm Do you know what's funny about that one? For like 50 billion people when I'm in the shower. Sorry, not sorry. Do you know what's fun? Do you know what's funny with that one too? What? Is I I got to give a shout out to uh, Liam Bolum for sending us that one because that wasn't actually sent to us. That just happened to be what somebody said on their Twitter account. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So these are natural thoughts that people have. Oh, yeah. You know, you're a Swifty win. We didn't make it up. It was just innately there. Awesome. It was just sent to us, so. <laughs> okay. This one comes from Shine Swift in the plural. And she says, Hi, you know, you're Swifty. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, you know you're a Swifty when you wear a Taylor Swift t-shirt for your school pictures. Yeah. Oh, good job. <laughs> that's what's up. Way to represent. And she's a senior, too, I think. So that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal. Seniors represent. Ooh, ooh. Class of what is this? 2015? 2015. Are you kidding? <laughs> Does it make you feel old? I am very old. Eight years ago, I graduated high school. Well, then. All right. So last one. Last one we got for this episode. Rebecca texted us and said, you know, you're Swifty when whenever someone says, oh, my God, you add. But I'm just going to shake. That was a beautiful rendition. I am not. I can't. I tried. Oh, my God. I tried. But you failed. <laughs> you tried, but you failed. Well, it's better than you would have done, Sam. You would have been all like, you know, you're Swifty whenever. No, I would not have. Says, oh Don't God, assume you add, things. You shake. know what happens when you assume things, Adam? Yes. Do you know what happens when you assume things? I could say it. However, <laughs> it's it, inappropriate for the show. That's what happens. It's inappropriate. I have made a. I have made a commitment <laughs> to a listener of ours that I will be sure to edit out any swear words from this podcast from Someone now on. Actually, asked you that? Yes. Because oh. of last week, probably. Thanks, Eric. What happened? Eric Eric said the S word? Eric, Eric screwed up. We Eric, actually talked Eric to him about messed that up and said a, a few things listen. a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, speaking of Eric, I feel bad. I did not give him a shout-out. He did us a favor coming on as a guest host, and I never gave you guys any place to find him. Of course, we're following him on Taylor Talk Twitter if you want to find his Twitter account. But otherwise, he's a host on various podcasts. Um called he's on three of them that i can think of off the top of my head one called game of owns which is a game of thrones podcast then he's actually on two harry potter podcasts uh one called muggle cast and one one called ever by the way that's it's a long running one they've been going for eight or nine years now it's it's a long running podcast they have been going since i was 14 so it's pretty exciting and diane's old now she's well into her 20s (laughs) yeah um (laughs) So anyway, he's on MuggleCast, and then another one called Alohomora, which is another Harry Potter podcast uh, with a slightly different theme than than MuggleCast is. So if you're interested in hearing more Eric, uh, go check those out. He's a good guy, and he's a great podcast host. So I hope you enjoyed listening to him as a guest here on Taylor Talk as well. One more segment before we go. What are Swifties listening to where you guys send us in things that are playing on your iPod that are not Taylor Swift? This week's submission comes from Taylor Swift herself. Who submitted this via her Twitter account? <laughs> Taylor Swift submitted this via Twitter, um, which she didn't actually submit it to us. Don't don't anybody just assume wrong of what we said there. Taylor oh, yeah, tweeted. Taylor. No, Taylor did not tweet us. <laughs> she just tweeted and we picked up on it. But anyway, she tweeted an artist named Sky Ferreira. I, I would think it's Ferreira. Like, yeah, Ma- like I, I'm America not sure. Ferreira. Um, well, Sky tweeted her and said she's obsessed with Taylor Swift. I'm so late. And Taylor <laughs> replied with, I love your record. Boys is on every playlist of mine. So Taylor Swift is listening to Boys by Sky Ferreira. Ferreira. Um, which, I mean, it's interesting to see the style Taylor's been listening to because a couple episodes uh, we suggested to you to go listen to Hoosier, Hoosier, However you pronounce that, that Taylor tweeted about. And then last and both with Kendrick song, Lamar. That one is good. Yeah, so, well, Kendrick Lamar, too. My goodness. Uh, but Talk with, about with, swear words. Yeah, with Sky <laughs> and with um, Hozier, 
or Hoysher, or however you would say it. Both of them are alternative artists, and it's a very unique style, and I'm very intrigued by this to see what Taylor is into mm. because we know that she draws her inspiration from other artists. So I'm curious to see where the next album after 1989 goes. Yeah, I, yeah. S- I struggled with this one. I wanted to like it because, let's face it, I like everything that Taylor does. I almost ordered a hundred and forty dollar fox pillow last night because Sammy's one of those people. I'm one of those people, <laughs> but I just can't get behind this song. I can't like I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is not for me, you know. I'm, but but you guys I should definitely that... go and listen to it and decide for yourselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think with this song, your mind has to be in a certain place to hear it. And if you're not in that place at that moment, yeah, it's, maybe it's not. Because really I just work. wasn't prepared for it. I was just like taking out the garbage, and I put it on my iPod, and I like you know put it on iTunes, not iTunes, YouTube, and I was like, "What is this? I'm confused." Well, I'm just not into the alternative genre personally, so I didn't wasn't really a big fan of this or Hozier Hoysier. I liked Hozier Hoysier whatever. Awesome. I liked Work Song I'm, I'm a lot. I paid one. for that on iTunes and that takes I a lot for me. Sammy, I would hope you pay for all the songs you have. Well, let's... <laughs> <we're> <laughs> what? I was just going to say, we should probably stop the show now. <laughs> Why? Because I'm just... That that's my that's my PSA, my public service announcement for this episode is if you like a song, make sure to buy it on iTunes because that way you're supporting the artist. So they can make you more music that you like. Fair enough. Precisely. So Thank you to everybody who sat through this episode listening in to us. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, guys, if you want to participate in future episodes, send us in submissions for those various segments. There are a multitude of ways you can contact us. You can, of course, email us, taylortalk at taylorswift13.org. On social media, you can tweet us, Facebook us, Taylor Connect us, or ask us a question on AskFM. All of those are to the username taylortalk thirteen. You can also leave us a voicemail or text message to area code 240-31-SWIFT. We'd love to get voicemails from you guys because thus far I'm still just getting voicemails from that crazy guy that thinks Taylor's a CIA agent. Are you still getting them? Oh, yeah. (gasps) Oh, yeah. You haven't updated us on this. And for the new listeners tuning in, just to fill you in, several episodes ago, I played a clip from a voicemail from just this absolutely insane guy who thinks he's calling Taylor Swift, not realizing he's calling us, leaving voicemail after voicemail. Um, and in the clip I played on the show, he tried to make the claim that Taylor is a CIA agent tricking all of us. This guy has proceeded to call every single day, leaving more voicemails. The count, I don't even know what the count's at, but he's left us well over 100 voicemails. That's not really fair because I, cause I'm sure people actually call us who want to tell us something and not Taylor, and they get lost in the mass of this, you know, no. these guys, but they don't get lost. No, I, I look for those. Okay, that's good. I look for those. Um, I mean, it's possible I've missed a few here and there. But, yeah, this guy has left well over 100 voicemails, all of them maxed out at the three-minute maximum length. So you got to figure, this guy has wasted 300 minutes of his life at least, leaving voicemails he thinks are for Taylor. This guy and needs something else to do. He doesn't. Jeez. So... But if you could leave us some great voicemails for us to play on the show, the number again is 240-31-SWIFT. There are two other ways to leave voicemails as well online if you are not in the U.S. and can't call a U.S. number. 
And that is right on the website, taylortalk.org. There's a button on the side that says send voicemail. And then also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash taylortalk13, you can leave a voicemail there also. So those are free to use. You just do it over the internet and leave us voicemails. You'll hear your voice on the show. It'll be really cool. We'd really appreciate it, and we'd love to hear from you guys. So wrapping it up for episode 151 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam, Diane, and Sammy. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hand hearts to all of you. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.